must move Invite ourselves as conduits to congregate in Welcome to the fifth episode of the Leap Zone podcast here. It is Tanner and Trent here with episode five. Today we are going to discuss the running back position, kind of all things pertaining to it in the NFL, starting with, you know, a a lot of action has happened, a lot of fluctuating has happened with running backs here in the offseason, ones who uh, were paid big contracts not too long ago, so that's one interesting topic to dive in that we will get into today and uh, Aaron Jones a little bit, and then we will also get into our picks 21 through 26, but Trent, how are you doing on this Thursday here? Uh, Well, to be honest, I was really excited because I went out and got a new six-pack of some beer that I had never tried before, and it was rather expensive. For a six pack, it was twelve dollars. So uh, I, I got that. I got home. I opened it before we started recording, and I tried one, and it was arguably the worst beer I've ever <laughs> tried. So I uh, didn't go with that. And to be honest with you, I just opened up the Crown Royal. So we're okay. feeling pretty royal right here on with Thursday. A, with a Coca Cola. Uh, I'm actually. They don't. They they don't have vanilla Coke right now, which normally I do vanilla Coke with vanilla Crown Royal, but. I'm doing cherry wild cherry Pepsi with vanilla Crown Royal today. Okay. Okay. I see. I see. I just got some leftovers. Leftovers of this bush light, so that's what I'm uh, sipping on, I guess. So, yeah. Anyways, let's just talk about you know, like I said, there's just a lot of uh, kind of moving around with contracts that have happened to running backs in the last few years. There's been some running backs who've received big paydays, and now they're elsewhere from those where they got those paydays from. So let's just kind of talk about running back contracts and the running back position today and the value of them. What Kind of what's your spin on all of that? Well, I mean, there's like a battle between football guys and nerds that is constantly going on on Twitter, more so, more than just Twitter, but mostly I see it on Twitter, uh, where the nerds, so-called nerds, uh, analysts are saying that the va- the high value isn't there to pay these running backs. Um you know, there's just so many things that go against them, right? They take on such a heavy workload, injuries, they have shortened careers for the most part, uh, and it, it's it, they devalue this position by basically saying that a majority of the time when a running back has a good play, it's because of the offensive line. So if a, if a running back is doing good, it's usually because the offensive line was blocking and pretty much any running back could do what they can do. And... Uh, so my take on it is for the first few yards, yeah, I agree. For the first like three to five yards, you're probably talking that's most of the work is done by the offensive line on most running plays. Where you get into the different guys and where they really separate their value is guys who can break tackles and make plays on their own. And so we're going to get into guys who can do that, but uh, it's hard to determine the value of them when you see – how things went and one of the first ones I want to bring up is uh, Todd Gurley because the Rams are in quite the situation right now where they're eating a lot of a lot of dead cap money where they're still they're paying dead cap on Todd Gurley and Brandon Cooks and neither of them are on their team anymore 
And you look at it, they just gave Todd Gurley that giant contract a couple years ago, and he was like, you know, the best running back in the league, essentially. He scored the most touchdowns. He's the best fantasy player. He's, you know, he was the best running back pretty pretty much. And uh, he got paid big for it, and then you saw he pretty much immediately got arthritis in the knee. Uh, we saw him miss a lot of time. We saw him miss a lot of game game time specifically, but just missing games completely and uh he just hasn't been the same Todd Gurley since and I know that he's hoping for a fresh start in in Atlanta but I'm not sure we're going to see that. Yeah, and that's and that's kind of the thing with running backs is that shelf life is just a little bit concerning sometimes is I I mean every once in a while they can feel like their career I mean it's one play away from being drastically changed. And we see running backs some of them are are guys who are repetitively on the injury report, and that's, I mean, running back's a position where you get hit a lot. I mean, that's where you take a beating. That's why, you know, for as good as Jonathan Taylor is, I mean, we don't see him just flying up draft boards like we maybe would have 10, 15 years ago. Uh, But just talking about the value of running backs, it's, you know, you look at the proof on some running backs, and there's there's some where the running backs signed a big contract and they're elsewhere. I mean, let's look at, uh, Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, so, you know, we see Le'Veon Bell sign this big contract for the Jets. Uh, you know, Ezekiel Elliott, though, he's signed this big contract with the Cowboys. They're an 8-8 eight and eight team, and now they're going to have to find a way to either pay Dak or move on from Dak, uh, especially after having paid Amari Cooper. You look at David Johnson, he signed a big contract because he was – I don't remember did, if he ever actually accomplished the rushing and receiving for 1,000 in that one year, but he, I remember he was close. I think it was like 2015, he was a beast, and they gave him a big contract. And then and he, he suffered the, the in, he's, he's, he's suffered got the injury, injury buck. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's good running back, but that's the reality of some of these guys, and I think what we're seeing is versatility is just so much more the name of the game, and I think you have to be – and I think, you know, I'm a firm believer – that football's a game that kind of goes in cycles. So maybe we'll one day see the running back come around to being more important than it is, or I guess uh, the value of it yeah, being more a more sure position is, where yeah. you give guys higher higher contracts. But we see teams kind of be wary of that, and at times it looks for you know really good reason. But this Christian McCaffrey one, I mean, he can hurt you even if he's lined up at wide receiver, even if it's just creating a mismatch somewhere for the offense. Well, so, you uh, you brought up Jonathan Taylor. I thought that was a really good – I think that's a good example. I was thinking of bringing him up too because the reason people are wary about him is because we saw him take such a – like that workhorse load from the Badgers where he was taking, you know, thousands of carries. And he's got like over 3,000 carries uh, just in college. So then that's before he's going into the NFL – and so you wonder what kind of toll is that had on his body before he goes into exactly. the NFL. And then, I mean, like he, you said, he, it could be one play, one play where it changes. So when does well, that Jonathan, one play happen? Jonathan Taylor took that toll from, I mean, age of a college kid, 18, 19 years old to 22 years old, more than guys are going to take in their first couple years in the NFL. I mean, he took that sort of toll in college that, you know, his combined toll that he took in college is more than guys are going to well, take. Well, he's got a heavy. It's a heavy workload. Years in the NFL sometimes. And then another and good example we saw we saw recently was Melvin Gordon. You know, he sat out um, the first half of the season for the Chargers and then came back and didn't really do anything 
too much that made people like you know it wasn't wow it wasn't like wow he's back and they I mean, were really was missing it, was him. He, was he a whole lot better than Austin? Edwards? Well, and that's that's exactly what why I believe that you the value of the position it. isn't there. I don't believe in the value of running backs because time and time again you see these teams. A guy goes down, and then they bring in someone who you've either never heard of, or he was drafted in the fifth, sixth, seventh round, or was an undrafted free agent, or, you know, whatever, and he comes out, and he just dominates. You know, you saw immediately Le'Veon Bell, boom, they take in James Conner, who had cancer, and boom, he's a star. Uh, you see, it's you just see it happen far too often. Where like, and then this year, uh, Ezekiel Elliott wasn't gonna play, or they were worried about him or whatever. Tony Pollard, boom, he's a star. Uh, it just, and then like a couple years ago, we already talked about Todd Gurley, but Gurley was down, and then they brought in the guy who was sitting on the couch two weeks before came in and looked like one of the best running backs in the league. Like that's all I'm saying is if you can put it, if you have a system, a good running system with a good enough offensive line that can get it done. Pretty much any athletic guy can step in there, not just athletic, any athletic running back. And just to be clear, like just a disclaimer here, anyone in the NFL who's considered even being considered for a running back spot is far more athletic than most people I've even shook hands with. So just to clarify that, I'm not saying these guys aren't valuable and they aren't athletes, but the problem is, is there's so many of them now. There's so many of these guys and that these teams have all these guys. And when one guy goes down, they bring in another one and He's not. He doesn't offer everything that your number one running back can offer, but they usually replace it pretty well. Yeah, and I think we've we've seen that a lot. Where the running back, either the running back, the next running back comes in and does just as good, or he's not much of a drop off. And but I think we can argue that the Packers' offense is uh, noticeably. I think more threatening with Aaron Jones than Jamal Williams. And that is that is one difference where like that's I think Aaron Jones is he's one of those guys where I said uh, the difference in value comes around the three to five yard mm-hmm. mark, right? Because Aaron Jones is a guy who yeah. once he hits that that spot, he makes a move and makes guys miss. That's where him and McCaffrey and guys like that are different, and also they're effective in the pass game. Uh, Jamal Williams is good, yeah, but Jamal Williams is probably going to hit that three to five yard mark and try to run someone over. And here's a point I want to get to because if I don't, I don't know if I ever will, will get the opportunity to, is, you know, I think we're getting to a point where to really get that big contract as a running back, you have to prove that you can help your team in a variety of ways. And I think there's been some people that think, you know, Derrick Henry should be that next man up to get that big contract, especially now that Christian McCaffrey did. Well, what I'm going to say is this. What Derrick Henry did was phenomenal. He did in uh, late season football, especially that football where they talk about you got to have a running game, you know, especially when you get in some games in less than ideal conditions. You like to have a running game uh, to really, you know, help your offense really balance itself or whatever, you know, that helps a lot of offenses uh, late in the season. And, and what Derrick Henry did was basically make t- Ryan Tannehill's job, the, the, you know, one of the easiest I'll, jobs in sports at that time. I'll tell you, Derrick um, Henry Derek Henry poses, or at least posed, a serious problem for the nerds or the analysts or the anti-running back people. He posed a serious problem because he, he did stuff that 
proved everything wrong where, you Ooh. know, guys like me, we like to say um, you don't need a good run game for your play action to work. You don't. I don't believe that the run game really – a good run game will help your play action, but in reality uh, you can put run play action just fine even with you don't have a running game. It's all based on your offensive line and how, it, how your system runs out of it. But uh, stuff like that, that proves that wrong when Derrick Henry, or it doesn't prove it wrong, but it's a, it's a case where well, it shows that that's wrong in that case. In that system, yeah, it was wrong. And here's, here's my piece on it is that, you know, he did that in essentially a second half of the season stretch. I mean, went on an absolute tear, but, you know, if you want to give him big money as just kind of really a straight running back as opposed to these guys who hurt you in absolute you know, plethora of ways, Christian McCaffrey, and, and on a smaller scale, I mean, he he's not in the same necessarily, you know, Christian McCaffrey's the better player than him, but Aaron Jones, I think, has a very similar, like, your same skill set, but perhaps on a smaller scale, I think, is my assessment. Anyways, that being said... <clears throat> Well, I like that you uh, I like that you said that Derrick Henry did that in the last half of the, in the second half of the season because I'd just like to point out that's another thing is a lot of people disregard that Derrick Henry's best games were when Tannehill came on for the Titans and somehow started playing like the best quarterback in the NFL which was you know crazy at the time and still is a little bit crazy and we saw him get paid for it but that's all i'm saying is henry while he did things that were clearly dominant himself it happened because be the titans had well it might not be replicated but it happened um, it really happened and it came on strong because the titans had improved quarterback play you know they, oh, exactly so Tannehill comes on and plays that good that's that's a large reason why henry's running game was much better the second half of the season yeah and i think I just think if you pay Henry these big bucks, I mean, you, then you're essentially depending on him to play that way uh, for the next few years, and I just really don't think that's that's going to happen. So, well, yeah, I know I you. Um, I know you brought up how decreasing. Aaron Jones fits in there too, though. Like, and I know, like you said, Aaron Jones isn't as good of a player. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even say he's not as good of a player, but he hasn't reached the the sensational value that Christian McCaffrey has. And, I mean, there's reasons for that. But last year, they both had 19 touchdowns, right? They're both versatile guys that we know will make you miss, uh, and they can run you over if they have to. Um, so we both we saw them both post up 19 touchdowns, and that's total. That's rushing and receiving. And then on top of that, I think Aaron Jones had 1,500 total yards. Uh, that, was, that was rushing and receiving combined. McCaffrey alone rushed for over 1,300 yeah, and then had 1,000 receiving right yards, now. too. So if you look, uh, McCaffrey almost totaled 1,000 more yards than Aaron Jones. So while I do think they're similar, and uh, I do, you know, I, I like comparing them because I actually do think they're two of the top backs in the league. Um, I'm not saying they're one and two, but they're two of the better backs in the league. Uh, but McCaffrey still holds that value up there because he was so much more effective in the passing game than Aaron Jones. Yeah, I think you know McCaffrey's McCaffrey's value. I I have no I have no quarrels with the contract, and I think you know I'm looking at his stats right now. I mean, he accounts for 2,300 yards in your offense. I mean, I really think to not pay him, that's I'd be it would be very hard for me to not pay him if I'm the Panthers GM. 
Yeah, that's that's my and I think you know we're talking about him in a new offense, a new offensive system. I, I like you know I think Matt Rule and and Kyle Brady. I mean we saw his offense did you know at LSU. And we see what Matt Rule was like at Baylor. I mean, I think they're going to try and be a very explosive, up-tempo offense. I think Christian McCaffrey, you know, if barring any barring any really sad circumstances, I think will be a great player in that offense for a few years. And I, well, I'm I have glad no quarrels that, with the contract personally. <laughs> I'm glad that you think he's going to be a good fit in the offense because I, you, you the. The Panthers better hope that he's a good fit in the offense because he yeah. signed for the next six years. And to to make a move on a running back like that when you're talking about being in a system where uh, you know it's a, it's an entirely new system, like you said, they're bringing in Rule, and uh, you know they, they've been running Rivera's system this entire time, and that's where we've seen McCaffrey be so success so successful. And I'm not going to say that we didn't see him be successful in college, but that was a very very long time ago at this point. So. Um, it'll be interesting to see uh, if McCaffrey is successful in the system. And I, even though I think he can, I think it'll be really hard for him to prove the value of $16 million a year at running back. And just, just to clarify, uh, the Packers are going to pay Aaron Jones $2 million this year. So for $2 million this year, the Packers get Aaron Jones. And uh, I, I know that's on his rookie contract, so it's not like he's making the big bucks. But that's not paying a guy $16 million a year either to run the ball for him. And that's, you know, it's hard to say because you, you have to think about it. Would the Packers consider drafting a running back this year because of the fact that Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams are both on the end of uh, the end of their contracts? They're both on their last year. Yeah. Yeah, I think, well, I think you have to look at that running back position and the chances... I mean, there's the possibility, you know, like you said, Aaron Jones might warrant a huge contract, just the way free agency works. Well, how you're this season two, goes is going to be big, too. Exactly. Though, this season itself. And you're looking at two running backs where you don't know the future of that running back room. You just, you have, between Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, and you have the chance to get, you have the chance to get a running back on a rookie contract, and you know the name that's been surfaced is uh, is Dobbins. What's what's the first name? It's an initialed first name. Right? Uh, yeah. So it would be another J.K. for the Packers, JK. Which, which be JK. would be incredible. I, okay, be honest, so I was thinking J.K., incredible. but I was like, I was thinking J.K., but I was like, wait, no, I'm getting them confused with J.K. Scott. It would so, be it would be amazing if we if we if we drafted. Haha Clinton Dix, J.K. Scott, and J.K. Dobbins. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Uh, so earlier this offseason. It was someone, I don't remember who it was, but a reporter asked Dobbins who he had spoke with, and he said two teams, the Packers were one of them. And at first, people were kind of a little caught off guard or just thought maybe Gutekunst was talking to people, you know, just talking to athletic guys. But when you start, when you look at the roster, you look at the contracts, you can see why he'd be interested in a running back and why he might be highly interested in a running back. And that's because both Jones and Williams are on the last year of the contract and not only that but we heard LaFleur come out and say we really want to find a third guy like he he seems very uh very adamant on finding a third guy for his running back group and we haven't been able to find that I we don't know what happened with Dexter Williams but yeah, apparently like he, we've just moved on from him yeah, fast. Like a, so. You know, I, I'd seen him in, in uniform. Like, yeah, he yep. he, I mean, he, he had dressed and stuff, but it looks like he's just I – mean, it seems like he just hasn't yeah. stepped up to what they want him to be. 
And so, and it, that was mostly speculation last season, but then this offseason when LaFleur came out and said they're looking for another guy, that pretty much confirms that they don't think Williams and can I be their you, third guy. You have to, I mean, you have to be prepared in case you don't get either Williams or Jones back. I mean, I don't think that, I, I think you get one or two of them back, but I think there's definitely a higher than 50% chance you, you get only one of them back. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't think you get, like, I just don't think, I don't predict they'll get both of them back. So you have the chance to have your future either starting running back or change of pace back on a rookie contract. I mean, I think I think when you get to that second, you know, that third, fourth, and then beginning of that third day, I think you really definitely should address that running back position and uh, deepening that running back room. I think the Packers, I think they're going to have to address it because uh, you said over 50% chance. I'd say it's almost like a 0% chance because uh, Aaron Jones is going to be the one that you'd like to see him go all in on. I'd like to see him pay that, pay him, not not something outrageous, but certainly make him happy. Yeah. Um, that was my, well. And the, like, so I don't want to pay, I certainly don't want to pay him $16 million a year like McCaffrey. Yeah, if, he, that's, if he needs to be the top running back paid, I like yeah, I, then, like, Aaron, then Aaron, then Aaron has to walk if he wants buddy. to be. Yeah, uh, that, that's thank, what I, I can't you. have that contract on our team, especially right now with like Aaron Rodgers and everything. Do you think they look at that in the draft? So, well, I think that's why I think, so like right now you look at it, I think the best option is try to go all in on Jones and keep Jones because we've he's been really good for us and I think he's going to be even better as he grows in the floor system. Uh, you probably are going to have to let Jamal Williams walk and the argument for Williams is going to be that he was he was held back for Jones back by Jones because he was essentially the backup to him. So we saw Jones take a majority of the carries, you know. So Williams is going to have teams that are going to think that he has a higher potential that hasn't been reached, and they're going to be wanting to pay more than the Packers are going to be wanting to pay him. So I think that Jamal for sure will be walking unless they can somehow talk him into staying on a cheap contract, which, hey, if he wants to stay, I'm more than happy having him on our team. I love that guy, but that's just the way I see things playing out. And so, you know, it the news was confirmed i mean i'll tell you guys we made this episode the plan for this episode a few days ago uh we planned to talk about how the packers had talked with jk dobbins and then today as we're recording uh news comes out that the packers are actually going to hold a virtual draft meeting with jk dobbins which you know further confirms that they're at least interested in him to take the time to have the virtual draft meeting with him shows something yeah and i you know i really like that i watched him during the playoffs that's where i got you know my best uh, taste of Ohio State, and you know I like, you know he's just kind of explosive runner. I like his style, I, and I, I guess I really just like that pedigree. I like Ohio State pedigree in the NFL uh, specifically, but. Well, I know yeah, that a lot of people say that, um, that would say we don't want Dobbins as a high value pick because we want a wide receiver, right? Well, the other thing is, is the wide receiver class is so deep. You're gonna get. Oh, you're gonna get a pretty good wide receiver most likely. Oh yeah, I think. But uh, J.K. Dobbins. Can JK is one of those guys that you could probably line him up. You know, we've seen you saw Ohio State use him crazy ways. You could put Dobbins in the slot. You can have Dobbins run wheels out of the backfield. Dobbins can go deep out of the backfield. Dobbins can do a lot out of the backfield as a receiver and as a running back. And he's just such a talent that I think that even if you say, oh, the Packers didn't get a top wide receiver, if they got JK Dobbins, that's a weapon on our offense. Oh, yeah, I think he definitely is. He's an ultra-athletic player, and, yeah, I think 
you know, I think they definitely are going to look at that running back room, whether it's Dobbins or another one they get late. Because, I mean, you have to look at that. Yeah, two running backs are in the final years of their contract, and I think for sure one of them doesn't come back. And I think in either case, the Packers aren't going to bid against themselves. I think the, you know, the Packers are an organization notorious for that. So I think you just have to look at the realistic possibility that I think with either running back, I, you know, I think there's going to be a team that's definitely willing to pay them more on the open market. And I think, I think whichever running back they get, I think there's going to be competition to be that kind of number two running back next year because – like you said, I think Jamal Williams is the one I see more likely to be gone. But, I mean, you never know. If Aaron Jones, if Aaron Jones warrants a top-money contract for a running back, I mean, we're looking at Aaron Jones possibly being the one that's well, gone. Well, and then you keep in Jamal. Any sense, in any sense, I think the running back position, you know, because you, know, you got Dexter Williams. He'll be competing for a roster spot at that point. So you bring a running back and you just deepen that room. Well, one guy we haven't even brought up yet, though, is Tyler Irvin. And Tyler Irvin's another one yeah. of those guys where you can see him in the backfield or well, in we, the we slot. We saw him lined so, up at wide receiver more yeah. than we did at running back. You see, him, you see him all over the place. But what I wonder is, I wonder if they're not... I wonder if they're not hoping that Irvin can just be mostly a return man, which is slightly disappointing because it's exciting to see what he brings to the offensive system. But if they did get a guy like uh, Dobbins, the to positive, positive yeah, yeah, players. he took him from negative to positive. And but that's not even talking about what he can give you on offense, the creativity you can use with him in your offensive systems. But if the Packers did get a guy like J.K. Dobbins then you'd be able to just say, yeah, Irvin, you're going to be the return man. That's all you have to worry about. And just basically bring in a younger, possibly even better Irvin and Dobbins and let him handle the offensive role of whatever you want to call his role, basically. Exactly, and I think just depending where where the chips fall, where you get a running back, that's going to you know, play a big part in just really making a more competitive running back room and – it's a running back room that's going to change quite a bit going forward. So, it'll Well, it's be been an interesting year, though, for the draft, too, though, because you see a lot of these top running backs. I haven't seen anything too high for them on mock drafts. You know, I've seen some Wisconsin yeah. homers putting Jonathan Taylor high. Uh, we've seen Swift go high in yeah, a couple mock drafts, but the... really I haven't seen too many. Like, I don't know that I've seen many mock drafts that have a running back going in the top 15. Yeah, I see Yeah, I see Swift in the late 20s quite in quite in a few. But other than that, you really don't. But That's another you know, example of the value falling, though. People, mm-hmm. people, you know, we gave the Giants a hard time for drafting Saquon Barkley in the first round. We saw that pay off one year, and then it yeah. didn't really pay off. So. In year one, it looked like he was going to earn that next big contract for a running back at some point. And now this year, it has you scratching your head like, well, do you take him that high? So right. that's an interesting concept. But, hey, sticking in the draft realm, you know, before we get into our mock draft, one interesting thing, we just can't get out of it, it's the inevitability is talking about uh, the possibility of the Packers taking a quarterback in it's, the it's draft. It's not even our fault. Goot won't let us no. get out of it. Goot's like, Goot's holding me to this. I have to, and, I have to talk about this, and I don't even want to talk about it. And I was going to say a Skype meeting, but I forget the kids aren't even using Skype meeting, Zoom. <laughs> A Zoom meeting with Zoom must have came out after we were in college. I don't remember that one. Yeah, I know, although I don't at all, not even a little bit. But, (laughs) yeah, Jalen Hurts, former Alabama quarterback, then graduate transferred to Oklahoma, took them to the National College Football Playoff. 
So. Well, I mean, a lot of people have seen a lot of Jalen Hurts, right? Jalen yeah. Hurts isn't the guy that is like, he's not like the normal college quarterback or maybe like Jordan Love where I say Jordan Love and most people probably haven't watched Jordan Love tape unless they're like, they're big into football, right? Unless, so mm. unless you saw his clips on ESPN, which I'm sorry, that's not watching tape. If you think that is, it's not. But uh, most people haven't really seen what Jordan Love can do unless they took the time to watch his game or go back and watch his film. Uh, that's not the same for Jalen Hurts. We've seen G- Jalen Hurts play a lot of national primetime games on ESPN, uh, you know, lots of big games around his career. And, you know, I'm just going to tell you flat out, I, I know I get why people aren't high on Jalen Hurts, but the guy's a winner. And I hate that I say that because I don't think that uh, it's a good trait for a quarterback. I don't think that just saying a guy's a winner is really good, but he showed it at Alabama. But when he really showed it was when he was like, I'm going to come back from being replaced by Tua, you know, and I'm going to show you guys that I – Arguably, he could have started over Tua, and I think that he went to Oklahoma and he did his best job at that. He showed us that he is certainly – you can't hold him back for being in the Alabama system because he showed us that he was the same exact quarterback elsewhere. Yeah, and, and it's apparent, like, it's not like Tua came in. I mean, Tua obviously came in and stole the show in short, but, I mean, that was a battle. That was a Tua versus Jalen right. Hurts battle. Right. I mean, it wasn't like Tua just came in and it was like Jalen Hurts, you know, see ya. I yep. mean... Well, and it was you, it came down to that national championship where yeah. Jalen got hurt and Tua came in and played well. So then they gave Tua the spot after that. And that that makes sense, but eventually, eventually Jalen had to leave. And the question was, when Jalen leaves, was he going to still play at that championship quarterback caliber level? And I think that he did. Oh, exactly. I think. I mean, he had Oklahoma in the National College Football Playoff. And, and they would have had an undefeated season going in had they not had that uh, fall to Kansas State. I mean, Jalen Hurts, like you said, I mean, he went to Oklahoma. And, yeah, they didn't need someone to take them from being a lowly program to a winner. But he kept that. In, there was no fall off at all between the first two Heisman Trophy winners and then Jalen Hurts, which... Was he a Heisman camp? Was he one of the three or five? Is it three or five, first of all? I mean, um, I know he ever? was at some point in I his think, college career. I don't know what yeah. season I mean, Jalen Hurts, I mean, he, he was notorious for a reason. I mean, the guy just has had a spectacular college career. And, I mean, he's fallen by the wayside by the guy, some guys that have more physically alarming traits a little bit. Some guys that, you know, just have some more eye-popping uh, physical abilities and I mean, we're we're seeing we're seeing him take a little bit of a backseat to some quarterbacks in the draft that maybe some white guys. Ago we wouldn't have thought. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy that they're white. I don't know why that would be. Um, Jalen Jalen Hurts uh, is interesting for the Packers because uh, he's he's not really that guy that you think of when you think Packers quarterback, right? Um, he he's much more athletic than what we've seen the Packers have, obviously, with Favre and Rodgers, and even more so than that, just in their backup quarterbacks. But uh, Hertz can certainly run the ball, and more so than that, he completely opens up your system. And part of me wonders if that's what, if that's why the Packers are showing such interest in him, because LaFleur, we saw LaFleur play with that, or play with and coach athletic quarterbacks before. We've seen LaFleur coached 
uh, Robert Griffin III when he had his Rookie of the Year season. And um, so we, he coached Marcus Mariota as well. So it's interesting to see if th- that is where the interest is coming from, if, if that's if is it LaFleur driven? Is LaFleur saying, hey, I really want an athletic quarterback and that's why Goode is finding this guy? Or is it just that Goode is straight up saying, like, I want a quarterback and I like Jalen Hurts? Yeah, that's interesting because also, I mean, it'll be interesting to see where they can get Jalen Hurts in the draft. I mean, there's I, I've talked to a couple people that think there's no way he'll be there at 60. I... It, it's hard to say when you talk about all these different quarterbacks, though. Like, where? Tell me, ask someone to tell you where Jake Fromm's gonna fall. You exactly. tell me if they, if someone never, tells know. you where Jake Fromm's gonna fall, I'm coming to you for all my financial advice. You're buying all my lottery tickets. I'm I'm asking you everything for the rest of my life. If you can tell me the exact pick where Jake Fromm's gonna gonna fall. Yeah, I think I, you know I like the J, Jalen Hurts pick because I think you take Jalen Hurts and you say, hey. Compete for you know you compete for the number two job with Tim Boyle if you can if you really play like either a second or third or I don't know maybe a fourth round quarterback you should be able to beat out Tim Boyle and if you're the backup and then you're the guy in the future I mean Jalen Hurts is fun because he is very he is very very athletic I mean he's he's a dude Jalen Hurts was an absolute dude at Alabama and a dude at Oklahoma I think he's a very interesting selection in that second or third round and I like it I like the idea and I you know I would I mean I don't like it as a first round pick I don't like it as the 30th pick so like in round one in round one I'm throwing a fit Round two, I'm what probably about round like two trade up. I'd, I'd be okay with the round two trade. I don't even know about round. I wouldn't even say round two trade up. The only way I'm okay with it in round two, I think I'm okay with it in round two if we trade if we trade out of the first round and we we pick up like an extra pick in the second round. That's that's where I'm okay with that. So mm-hmm. if we get like three two round second round picks, yeah, fine, I don't care. So like then uh, then honestly, I'm ecstatic if we take him with one of those picks, but. If we uh, if we just straight up draft him in the second round, say he falls to us second round, I'm probably like, I'm maybe not like happy about it, but I'm probably talking people into trying to be happy about it or like showing us why we could be ecstatic about it. If we pick him up in round three, anything after three or after, I'm all in. Like that's yeah. I'll take that as a steal. That's a possible a possible future quarterback that we know has had the weight of the world on his shoulders more than once and we know he can take it so i'm anything anything after round two if he did fall that far would be absolutely amazing but like i said i'd take him if if there was some sort of trade where we got like an extra draft pick in round two and we used we used it to take hurts i'll take that too definitely yeah definitely i would like i said i'm really intrigued by the hurts possibility and and it'd be cool because it would really revive one of the classic jokes in human history, like one of the classic jokes in mankind. I feel like there would be a classic uh, rise, or a meteoric rise, excuse me, in Wisconsin Hurts Donut jokes. <laughs> and I think that's what that I think that's inevitable. a little bit what the world needs once we can uh, refrain or once we can go back to not having to always social distance. Yeah. Can give Hertz Speaking of which, Wisconsin extended their uh, stay-at-home order today for pretty much another month, and I don't know. I mean, it's that's why we're able to bring you guys such entertainment, and we're hoping you enjoy it during this time. But man, does this shit suck right now? 
Yeah, I think that's what, one of the best ways you can sum it up is like this. This just sucks. This just sucks. But you know what's, you know what's gonna kind of bring me out of the gutter a little bit is expressing my mock draft twenty one through twenty six. <laughs> that you know that could be a interesting thing. And by the way, we're doing twenty one through twenty six this time. If you don't know, just so that we can come, we can sort of even out what the last two rounds were because we did five picks each time, and then obviously the thirty two is not an odd number or five. <laughs> so. We had to add an extra pick on to these last two rounds, and that's what we're going to do. Um, I will let you go ahead and get that one started. Okay. And so I, I do want to also mention, so kind of what, and, and it's a little bit, it's kind of in the works. It's not like an official plan. I'm kind of wondering if how I'm going to go about it exactly. But right now, keeping the uh, picks as planned, because I look back and there's definitely some I would play with and I mean CJ Henderson CJ Henderson's flipped the world upside down and I don't even know how this happened he must have sent in some virtual draft tape or something because in the last week CJ Henderson has somehow gone he he took the number one defensive back spot from Jeff Okuda now now it's Henderson who everybody thinks is going to be the number one guy so I mean I I, and I haven't met 12 maybe that's a little low at this point but what I mean is yeah and that's exactly what I mean though is you know right now it you know I look at you know, a couple, or I'm thinking a week and a half ago or whatever it was, I had Justin Herbert going to Tampa Bay to back up Tom Brady. I don't, there's no way I have him going outside of the top eight when I do my final mock draft, but I'm going to keep the picks as is until we get to 32, and then, you know, probably in a picture that'll be released on Twitter, that'll be my final mock draft, something like that, you know. We'll kind of see how we go about it, but, you know, I'll release the final one, but you keep the picks as I as standing, and then, you know, at some point before the draft comes next Thursday, mm. which is awesome that it's a week away. It is but, It is awesome that it is a week away. But what, here's here's what we're thinking about doing. So like he said, we're going to release the picture that shows our full mock draft. Uh, and then hopefully what we're going to do before the draft comes out, the actual draft happens, is we're going to do one one of these episodes is just going to be an yeah. entire mock draft. Not, not, not all seven rounds, but maybe like, round one round two or even if it's just round one depending on how long it takes but we'll just do that and that will be hopefully close to the draft where not too many more drastic changes are going to happen with you know players and whatnot or crazy things happening and then we'll go from there yeah so a lot of a lot of fun developments happening for uh for this draft coming up but i mean let's talk about what the ratings on this draft are going to get though because you know not and normally most a lot of people don't watch the draft right or you only want to watch like your team pick and then that's all you care about yeah, but I feel the people like are a, hungry for it now yeah you know i feel like it's a it's an event where it's like you have to be a real real big football fan to really sit through an entire first round oh it's yeah like, you know you're looking at four hours and especially so, if you're a packers fan by the way you know when you sit through that first so round and then they decide to, to trade it out on you, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is exactly. inevitable again. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, the, 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 and that's another thing. We'll get into that down the road, but, I mean, that's a pick where 30, a lot of people are looking at them to possibly trade back. A lot of people think there's a good chance it happens. So we'll have to discuss that coming up in the future. But, yeah, starting out with our 21 through 26 mock draft. Stay tuned because we'll have awesome uh, draft developments in the, this next week as we get going but my 21st pick so and this is one where I mean it's like it's likely to um, change because 
I realize I've, I realize I still have him at 21 in my final mock draft. I'd be surprised if I still have him at 21, but there's still a possibility. But I got Henry Ruggs going to Philly. So I think the only other way they could go from getting another uh, wide receiver, because you look at that playoffs, I mean, you're, you have uh, Dallas Goddard, Goddard, Zach Ertz, and, you know, wide receivers that were on the practice squad to open up the season. I think there's a statistic like they didn't have a receiver that uh, had over 500 receiving yards on the season. So, I mean, you, and you had, you were putting running backs out there all the time. I mean, it was just, it was abysmal by the end of the year. Well, yeah, I mean, they were the, playing with one wide receiver at one point. So Yeah, I mean, it was... It was abysmal by the end of the year. I, I see the only other direction is is getting an, a tackle to help protect Wentz, but I think they go receiver here. Henry Ruggs in this mock draft is still available, so I have them getting Ruggs out of Bama. Well, I have an, I have the same situation with mine. Uh, it's a guy that you don't know if he's going to be available at at this time, but one thing that I've said I think about every wide receiver drafted so far is that I don't, Whichever one you get, I don't think it's a loss for you. Uh, I think I think all these guys are wins, so whatever order they go in, whoever you end up with, you're probably gonna be happy with them. You might have your favorites, but you're probably gonna you're gonna be getting a very athletic wide receiver. It's crazy how this class is, and uh, I'd I'd kind of be shocked if this guy falls to the spot, but I also kind of wouldn't be because of the way this wide receiver class is. Uh, and I'd just like to say I have four LSU people going out of these six picks today. So it's a, it's a, big, it's a big 21 through 26 for LSU. They're going to be having some fun in Louisiana. But my guy, I have the Eagles also picking up a wide receiver. Obviously, they need wide receivers. They need multiple, more than one. Um, they get a really good one out of LSU with a guy named Justin Jefferson. That hurts me to say so much because I would pay, I would give anything for Justin Jefferson to fall to 30 and be taken by the Green Bay Packers. But uh, right now, I don't have him falling that far. He's just a pure talent out of LSU, and I think that the Eagles get a good wide receiver for once out of him. So I'm going to go then 22. All right, so this is another one. I see a lot of mocks having him go to 18 to Miami, but I got Javon Kinlaw out of South Carolina going to Minnesota. So they uh, are looking to replace both Everson Griffin and uh, what's the other one? I'm, I'm looking for the name. Lynn Val Joseph. Lynn, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lynn Val Joseph and Javon, or excuse me, yeah, Javon Kinlaw still being on the board right here. I got. Minnesota just taking someone that can really help uh, bolster that D-line along with Daniil Hunter. I mean, I'll I mean, just tell you right now, the Vikings are going to need a hell of a lot more than Kinlaw because they've got holes and holes and holes to replace. I'd just like you to know oh, that, yeah, Vikings I, fans. You need defensive backs. You need a number one wide receiver. You need multiple defensive linemen. You need a real quarterback. You need a new coach. You need – by the way, I know you got a new coach. You didn't get a good one. You got a bad one. You need everything. Like the whole thing, you need to redo it, okay? Okay, Vikings fans, just letting you know. So this don't even be excited about the 22nd pick because it's not going to do it for you. I'll tell you though, I've got my own twenty-second pick. This is a good. This is a good way no, no. for the Vikings to try and get back on track. But it wouldn't be surprised. It wouldn't surprise me if they didn't do this because they'd probably just mess it up. Uh, I believe you had him going in our last last round of the mock draft, but I have them taking Kalevon Chazon, the edge guy out of LSU, and with him, you are just 
talking about a freak talent. Uh, I think a couple people say that he's still learning the game of football, um, but he's he is just a monster. He's fast. He gets to the quarterback. He's unblockable. Uh, I think that the Vikings would be getting an absolute monster of an edge guy in him, so that's why I have them taking Caleb on Jason with the 22nd pick out of LSU. Okay, okay, so now we got 23, the Tom brady list uh, Patriots here. Does Bill Belichick pull the trigger and get the Tom Brady replacement at 23? In this mock draft, I say no. I got someone from your neck of the woods here. I got Zach Braun. A little versatile linebacker playing either a little inside, outside, kind of uh, fitting that fitting that uh, Bill Belichick defensive mold, in my opinion. I think he makes a good fit there. I got Zach Braun going to the Patriots at 23. I do think that Braun looks like a good fit there, so I can see that. But I actually went with a different guy who I thought seemed like a really good fit for the uh, Bill Belichick defensive system. And I, I also agree, I don't... I don't no, maybe they draft a replacement, but I don't know that they spend a high pick on it because at this point, I think the Patriots think they have some other needs they need to fill before they go after their guy. Um, and so with pick 23, you have him taken Bond because you think he fits the system really well. I have him taken a different guy just because he screams Patriots to me, and I don't know why, but I have them taken Gross Matos, the edge guy from Penn State. And if you haven't seen him, I mean, just go look at him, watch three seconds of his highlights, and you'll see why he seems like a he seems like a guy that the Patriots would use. And the Patriots lost Kyle Van Noy and a couple other people, so I think that they're going to be looking for some edge help. They'll get that with Gross Matos out of Penn State. So then, taking it to the Big Easy, who do you got here? So for 24, we're moving into the Saints, and I think the Saints are in an interesting position because when I look at them, I don't see too many obvious holes on their team. And so they're in a bit of a freedom position where I think they can kind of take whoever the best guy available is, but also try and fill a need. And one thing that's interesting about their linebacker room is I think if not all of them, like three out of four are all on their contract year this season. I think it's all of them, though, and it's like it's big ones. It's Jack Anzalone, uh, Miles Jack, Alex Anzalone, and then uh, a couple other guys, and they're all on their contract year. So what they could look at doing is drafting a high, you know, a high value linebacker and putting him on a rookie season, rookie contract, so they know they'll have a guy cheap for a while. And so that's why I already have my third LSU guy going in rounds 21 through 26. I have the Saints taking Patrick Queen, the linebacker out of LSU. And with him, he's another guy that honestly reminds me of Miles Jack. Uh, He's very, very fast, sideline to sideline, very quick, shoots the gap well. But not only does he shoot the gap, but he pairs that with his sideline to sideline speed. And he just hits guys that you don't expect a linebacker to be getting to guys where he gets to people. So I think the Saints kind of got to get a guy that eases their mind with contract problems at the linebacker position, but also a guy who's certainly going to help any defense in Patrick Queen. So I'm going to really follow your lead to a good extent there with the Saints keeping it local. And I got them taking Christian Fulton here. And I really liked your point, though, and and you really took the words kind of out of my mouth, is, you know, the Saints are in a position where they really can go best player available. You know, I look at their roster, and I don't really see 
a spot where hey they need you know to fill that void now the closest I can think of and it depends it depends how much is Sean Payton playing this media game to how much does he really think uh, Taysom Hill could be the future of the Saints organization anyways you know I could maybe see him you know like I I, I flirted with Jordan Love at this pick I really did if if we see an absolute catastrophic to a fall that some some people really think could happen uh, you know, that maybe I see, like, the Saints reaching up to get him. But anyways, here, I like Christian Fulton. Uh, just to, you know, staying in that LSU defensive back pedigree, I mean, that's that's something else. That's one of the, you know, when we talk colleges and position groups, that's one of the real staples of the NFL is that LSU secondary pedigree in the NFL. Uh, Saints, Saints keep it in the home state, taking Christian Fulton at 23. Yeah, oh, absolutely, uh, absolutely, absolutely. I said 23 the whole time, and it's picked 24. Uh, they, they are picked 24, <laughs> yeah. So, absolutely, LSU, I think, is DBU, and uh, I do think they've been, you know, very well clarified for that. But just to bounce off of what you said, and just so everybody knows, there have been reports, and uh, it's basically been confirmed that the Saints would be interested in a first-round quarterback or, a, you know, a high-value quarterback because as of right now, they do have to find their eventual backup for Drew Brees. And Taysom Hill, as much as they want to say he's their guy, I think Hill himself is like 29 or something like that. So he's not a young quarterback. Um, <clears throat> they're going to need a guy. And it has been reported that the Saints are interested. I do have them picking up a linebacker. I know they need a quarterback, but right now I think they just try and sure that up. Uh, and maybe pick up a quarterback with a different pick. But, yeah, uh, so, but, yeah, just so you know, pick 24 that was, so we're going to go 25 <laughs> next, Tanner. Okay, um, we're going to move into pick 25. Uh, you just had him taken. <clears throat> Again, Vikings fans, it's going to take way more than this to bring your team back, so don't be excited. But I have them taken their second LSU guy <laughs> in just a couple picks. Like I said, guys, I have four LSU people going, so it's a big day for Louisiana. But I have the Vikings taking Christian Fulton, the the cornerback out of LSU. Uh, we saw the Vikings lose Rhodes, Alexander, uh, and I believe one more. I think they lost, like, oh, yeah, Trey Wayne. So they pretty much lost their three starting defensive backs besides their one other guy who we saw get a little playing time. Um, they're going to need defensive backs. They're fortunate to have two two of these first-round picks right here. I think they pick up a good guy out of LSU, Christian Fulton, and pair him with his teammate, uh, Caleb on Chazon. So, you know, I'm going to get into my pick 25, and I'm going to ask you this before, Trent. Do you feel like in your life you've, you've felt some heartbreaks? I, I've felt I felt a couple. I'll tell you that much. Okay, well, I am a Packer. I am a Wisconsin sports yeah. fan. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, brace yourself. Brace yourself. This is a receiver I didn't have taking off, taken off the board, and I think, you know, I think they are gonna find themselves a receiver in round one. I think one of those two picks is gonna be a receiver. I let, I really wanted to slot a corner here, but then I saw Javon Kinlaw still on the board, and I have him taking a receiver here. And it's just brace yourself. I have him going Justin Jefferson here at twenty-five. To the purple and gold. I'll, I'll tell you, it's, just it's a, a heartbreaker. Just a yeah, yeah, disgrace. yeah, yeah. It's a, it was heartbreaking for me to be like, yeah, go to the Eagles, but like, you know, he's on the Eagles, so I, I wouldn't care as much then. But if if I had to see Jefferson go to the Vikings, that would just hurt so much. And I know that Jefferson has high value, and he's 
the odds of him falling to the Packers are insane. But I'll tell you right now, he's like my dream pick for round one. If we if if we could have one guy that at thirty, if you could ask me one guy, who do I want there for the Packers? I would want Justin Jefferson. There. Well, you, here's a funny story. When he came out, and it, I can't remember if it was before. I think it was before the 2005 season too. So. The Packers ended up with Aaron Rodgers out of it, or else it was the 2004 draft. Yeah, I believe it was, it was the 2005 draft. I really wanted Erasmus James out of Wisconsin. <laughs> and of course, of course, he goes like a, you know, a handful of picks before to the Minnesota Vikings. And it but, ends up working out okay. But, like, yeah, I, really, I was really wanting Erasmus James out of Wisconsin. Uh, yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't fall for the Wisconsin hype typically. Uh, I'm a Wisconsin Badgers fan, but I'm usually against wanting to draft a lot of these guys. Uh, I think very specifically, the one guy I was probably wrong about was like T.J. Watt. I didn't really want to draft T.J. Watt. We probably, we probably should have taken T.J. Watt instead of Kevin King, but the way our defensive secondary is, Kevin King's the guy we still need, so... I'm fine with that yeah. pick, but most of them we've seen, you know, not that great. A lot of Packers fans wanted Vince Beagle, and Vince Beagle hasn't done much. Do he's well. he's on the Saints now, and we got Vince Beagle, I know, but he's on the Saints now. You know, it didn't work out. Um, Derek Watt is a solid fullback, I suppose, and you know, you see the guys, the, the guys that I want from the Badgers are the offensive linemen. I want, I want, you know, Travis Frederick, yeah. and yeah. and uh, you know, the, a lot of people didn't even realize it, but. A lot of people were, a lot of Packer fans were upset with the right tackle we brought in from the Lions. They were cheering for him <laughs> ten, you know, ten years ago because he used to play. He was the Badgers' offensive tackle. So if I'm telling you, if that, if this guy that we brought in just now, the, recently, as our right tackle, if we would have drafted him, if he was on the Badgers last year and we would have drafted him, everyone would have been his biggest fan. But since he played for the Lions and we brought <laughs> him over from the Lions, everyone hated him. Yeah, it goes, hey, that's how it goes sometimes, I guess. But, hey, and speaking of offensive tackles, I'll get into my 26th pick here to the Dolphins. So I have them, and, and some people say, you know, you can see them going quarterback, O-line, O-line, and that's what I have them doing in this draft. Uh, there was an article I saw, I just saw the headline of it, but it was talking about how he could be a good fit in the Packers, you know, wide zone scheme. But I have... The Boise State offensive tackle Ezra Cleveland going to the Dolphins at 26. So they compete. Could they compete? Complete. Excuse me. Their trio of first-round draft picks with Tua, and then we got at 18 Austin Jackson out of USC, and then 16 Ezra or 26. Excuse me, Ezra Cleveland out of Boise State. See, so that is interesting that you, that is interesting because I actually have this guy falling quite a bit, uh, and with recent reports, it would be considered probably a massive fall. But um, you had him taken at 18. I have the Dolphins finishing off their trio of picks at 26, picking Austin Jackson, the offensive tackle out of USC, and so would that's you interesting. Have him with that 18, do you remember? Uh, I do not remember right now. I was looking for it, but I do not. I don't have it wrote down here next to me. Because hmm. that's Austin Jackson, who I have him at 18. And in retrospect, I, when the final one comes out, I feel like that's one that's going to change. You know, there's definitely uh, well, he's certainly same, gone 
up in value. So, yeah, I had the Dolphins at 18 taking Xavier McKinney, the safety, out of Alabama. And I can still I, – I still see that being a solid pick because they put a guy – you know, they pick up a safety and put him in a really solid secondary. So I could see them doing that. <clears throat> but, uh, you know, Austin Jackson's a guy that – he certainly – will most likely get, be gone by this point, but in my mock draft, he's still available, and the Dolphins would be ecstatic to take him at 26, I think. All right. Well, hey, there you have it, 21 through 26. And like like I said and you said earlier, we're going to keep continuing the draft content, and then we're going to try and find, you know, before the draft and right before, you know, kind of right at that point where all the pre-draft stuff has kind of concluded – you know, we're going to try and get something out there that's creative and, and fun and kind of just a good way to do our last sort of, you know, sort of go at it, sort of mock draft to see how close we can get things. And, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. So thank you guys for listening to Episode 5. Trent, what do you got to leave these guys off with? Uh, well, I'll leave you off with something a little cheesy, to be honest, but we're just going to ask um, – we're bringing we're working really hard to bring a lot of entertainment to you guys during these times and improve our quality and uh, be able to do things that just make these days a little bit easier for all of us but one thing that would help with that is our listener support and if you go on our anchor program we have a there's a support button right there and what you can do is become one of our supporters for the program and it's a really cheap and easy thing to do you can literally donate just 99 cents and that's it you know any a penny anything counts we'll we'll be gracious for it and grateful for it but one thing we're hoping is that this helps us upgrade our equipment and upgrade our quality just improve the our our content overall it also helps us to do things like giveaways and bring people in for interviews because unfortunately it can be really hard to bring in these higher name guys for interviews and get them on there but Really, we're just trying to keep entertained, and if you wanted to become a supporter, you wouldn't just be supporting us, but you'd be supporting the Green and Bold and Leap Zone community as a whole by trying to help for giveaways and stuff like that, and uh, it would just mean a lot to us. So on top of that, yeah, we are, we're grateful for you listening, but if you wanted to help improve things or just help support us in any way, you could do that. And other than that, the only thing I have left to say is I hope you're enjoying your quarantine. I hope you're enjoying your day drinking. I hope you're eating well, and go Pack Go. Absolutely. Hey, and Tom Crabtree, if you're out there, you know, hey, and anyone that wants to go, go to Tom <clears> Crabtree's, uh, go to Tom Crabtree's Twitter and let him know that he should come on the Leave Zone podcast. Absolutely. Really appreciate it. He is at It's Crab. If you're willing to at Tom Crabtree on any form of social media and tell him to come on, um, I will send you a dollar on he's PayPal. He's either going to tell me to go to hell or that he's coming on <clears> uh he, he can come on and tell you to go to hell on the podcast i would oh, prefer I, that i, yeah. <laughs> I would prefer exactly. that honestly <laughs> go back go Julie.